Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, it is our week 10 preview for the 2023 NFL season with an episode that we call Buy or Sell. You know, we got to stick with the money themes. That's why it's called buy or sell. But anyway, this is an all-encompassing preview where we're going to talk about the guys that we like this week that we are buying, that we think are going to outperform their expectations, and the guys that we don't like this week that we are selling, that we think that they are going to underperform their expectations. So the guys that are on my buy list are the guys that I want to start in season-long fantasy. I want to play them in my DFS lineups, and I want to take their overs on uh, player prop sites. And if they're on the sell list, it's the exact opposite. I want to try to find a way to get them on the bench in season-long fantasy. I'm not going to be playing them in DFS, and I want to find the unders in the player props market. So no matter what your game is, you're going to get some information here on this episode that should help you out this weekend in the week 10 of the NFL season. Now, while you're here, this is an audio-only episode, so make sure you're subscribed to the audio feed because we are going to have a few of these audio-only episodes because just with my schedule, sometimes it's a little bit easier with my setup to just make an audio-only episode. It takes a significantly less time, and just with the locations that I'm having to record, it's just a little easier. Um, so subscribe to the audio feeds. So that way you'll be notified when new episodes drop. Also, go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We're a little over 200 subscribers now, but that doesn't mean we're stopping, so go subscribe there. You'll be notified when new episodes drop there as well because we are going to be covering covering NFL like we are right now, college basketball, college football, and golf for the foreseeable future. So no matter what sport you're playing, um, we've got you covered and we're going to be getting good information out to you guys pretty much on a daily basis for the rest of the calendar year. All right, that does it for the introduction. So let's go ahead and start breaking down week 10 with the quarterback position. All right, so the first quarterback that is on my buy list for Week 10 is going to be Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, Burrow was struggling with a calf injury at the start of the season, and that is no longer of any concern. He is fully back healthy, and Cincinnati is throwing it all over the yard with him back being healthy. You look at his last four games, and they have averaged a 16.7 pass rate over expectation in those four games, meaning according to game script and you know traditional play calling, they have passed the ball on 16.7 percent more downs than they quote unquote should be which is staggering like that that's really good for um joe burrow's fantasy outlooks because it means he's going to be getting a lot more attempts than he normally would be now houston is also a pretty good matchup they played a top 10 tempo in the league and this game has a total of 46 and a half points which is the second highest of the weekend and houston is another team that is throwing it all over the yard as well so this is going to be a game where both teams are attempting a lot of passes there's both teams are going to be playing at a fast tempo there's going to be a lot of total plays run and more plays run means more potential for for fantasy points. If you're playing DFS, Joe Burrow's actually got it pretty simple in terms of stacking. You can either stack with Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or both. I I won't judge. Um, But those two, I think, are actually closer than you think this week. Um, Since T. Higgins has came back from injury, Chase has only outscored him by three fantasy points in the last two games, but Chase also does have five more targets in the last two games. So I definitely think both Chase and Higgins are in play, and and don't discount Higgins. I think he's a lot closer to Chase than than, um, the numbers kind of realize, and that's kind of been a recurring theme here is that I think nobody really realizes just how little separation there is between those two guys when they're both playing and fully healthy. Jared Goff is the second quarterback on the buy list because, speaking of shootouts, this Chargers-Lions game is probably going to be the shootout of the weekend. It has the highest total in Vegas on any game this weekend, and it's set at 48.5. I would tend to think that it's going to be the over on that one. And we talk all the time about Jared Goff's home road splits. Well, this isn't a home game, 
but it might as well be because the Chargers have like zero home field advantage in Los Angeles and it's indoors, which is what Jared Goff likes. So all those home road splits, I'm not really concerned about Jared Goff being on the road this week because he's not going to be out playing in the elements and he's not going to be in a hostile environment. And the Chargers are a really good matchup for quarterbacks on paper as well. They are bottom five against quarterbacks overall and bottom five in schedule adjusted fantasy points against quarterback. We've used this schedule adjusted stat before, but it basically means that if you look at what quarterbacks are doing before they play a team, how they perform against that team relative to their average. So basically it evens it out that if a team's playing good quarterbacks, they're generally going to give up more points, right? If teams playing bad quarterbacks, they're going to generally give up less. So this compares it to the quarterback that's playing. So it gives you a more even playing field of what you're looking at. So the Chargers, even though they've played some good quarterbacks and are a bottom five overall matchup, they're still a bottom five schedule adjusted matchup because they're giving up more fantasy points to those quarterbacks than their averages. The Chargers also are kind of a pass funnel. They give up 69% of their total yards on defense through the air, which is one of the highest rates in the league. And Jared Goff is also an easy guy to play in DFS because he's pretty cheap this week. And he has an obvious stacking partner in Amon Ross St. Brown, who hasn't played a game this season where he scored under 16 fantasy points. I like Goff and I like Amon Ra in this Chargers Lions shootout environment. The third quarterback on the buy list is going to be Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. So Brock Purdy is like a deceptively good fantasy quarterback. He has started and finished 15 games in his career. And in those 15 started and finished games, so that's that's a key point, he's averaged 19.4 DraftKings points in those games. So on DraftKings, it's you know it's PPR scoring, but you get the 300-yard bonus if you're a quarterback. So 19.4 DraftKings points over Brock Purdy's career. And I don't think anybody has the impression that Brock Purdy is like some top 10 fantasy option. But when you just look at that sample size, yes, he is. Is. And this game is an environment that he should be able to score a lot of fantasy points in. It has a 45 point total. And the 49ers, when they play in these high scoring games, they tend to air it out a little bit more. Similar to what we saw with them two weeks ago when they played the Bengals, when Purdy threw the ball 31 times for 365 total yards, had over 20 fantasy points in that game. And Jacksonville's defense is a defense that's going to let you throw. Well, really, they stop the run, so they're going to make you throw. So Jacksonville's defense forces the second highest pass rate over expectation in the league, meaning that when teams are playing Jacksonville, they pass more than they should at the second highest rate of all 32 teams in the league. Um, if you're looking at DFS, you know, to, to stack Brock Purdy, I think you can stack him with Debo Samuels, the obvious candidate. But Brandon Ayuk would be my preferred stack. He's really taken a leap this year um, and looks like their wide receiver one. And we talked about in the offseason how Debo excels more against zone. Ayuk excels more against man. Jacksonville does lean a little bit more towards man coverage. So Ayuk would definitely be a guy that I would be looking into to stack with Brock Purdy. Now, if you are desperate, these guys don't get to make the full buy list, but say you need a you know a bye week streamer in season long fantasy or you know waiver wire pickup, you got an injured quarterback. There are a few guys I think you could turn to. And this one's gonna be kind of a rhetorical question, but do you remember what CJ Stroud did to Tampa last week? Well, it was the highest quarterback performance of the season, and it occurred against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And guess who gets them this week? It's Will Levis of the Tennessee Titans. And he gets them with a full week to prepare with the Titans having played on Thursday night. And Will Levis has averaged 250 yards per game in his two starts. So I think Tampa's a really good matchup to you know target quarterbacks against. And Will Levis gets that matchup this week. So Will Levis is a guy who makes my if you're desperate. 
separate list. Geno Smith is also going to be the second guy on the list. And look, he has not had the same magic this year that he had last year. Like, I think he may be a little bit washed. And I think when teams got a year's worth of film on him, it kind of um, helped him regress towards the mean a little bit. But this would be the week where he should not look washed. He should not look... Um, you know, significantly worse than he did last year. He should look more like he did last year this week because he's taking on the Washington Commanders. And they're the third easiest matchup against quarterbacks overall. And Washington's offense averages the highest pass attempts in the league. So there should be plenty of volume in this game, plenty of plays to go around, and plenty of opportunities for Geno Smith to put up fancy points with a really good receiving core in uh, Lockett, Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. All right, now for the sell list. There are two quarterbacks on the sell list this week, first of which is going to be Lamar Jackson. And look, Lamar might be the leading candidate to win MVP right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean great for fantasy purposes because Baltimore has scored 68 points combined in the last two games. Their offense has scored nine total touchdowns in that span. And Lamar Jackson has accounted for one of them one of them, of nine touchdowns. It's a staggering stat that I think that you could say could be due for some regression, but here's the problem. Fantasy scoring is all about scoring touchdowns, and I don't think they're going to score that many touchdowns against a Cleveland defense that I think is the best in the league. Cleveland has only given up one 300-yard passing game all year to Gardner Minshew of the Indianapolis Colts, kind of an outlier in my opinion. So I just... It's hard to get on Lamar when I don't think the total yards are going to be there. And for whatever reason, he's not getting the touchdowns. When the Ravens get in the red zone, they've been handing the ball off to the Gus bus. Uh, and so I just don't really see there being a whole lot of opportunity for Lamar to put up a lot of fantasy points. And if you're playing him in DFS, that's a very expensive quarterback for a guy whose team might not score but more than two or three touchdowns this week. Second quarterback on the buy list, or on the sell list, excuse me sell list. Second quarterback on the sell list is Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And look, I think we have a big enough sample size now to determine what we know about Kenny Pickett, right? Like, I don't think Kenny Pickett is a great NFL quarterback. Either that or the system he is in is absolute garbage because he just does not look good and it's not something that we want to target for fantasy purposes. Kenny Pickett, he's played a season and a half now and he's only passed for over 275 yards once in his career. He's never topped 20 fantasy points in a game in his career and now he gets Green Bay in a game at home, which is not exactly a big boost because the Pittsburgh doesn't have great weather. And Green Bay is the fourth toughest matchup overall to quarterbacks. So I just think it's a situation where, you know, maybe Kenny Pickett can show some signs of life over the second half of the season, but I'm just passing on him right now. And if you have to start him in season long, don't. I'm not playing him DFS, and I think he's an easy guy to target the unders market against just because he never really has big statistical games. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. So let's take a quick breather and then let's talk about the running backs. All right, at the running back position, this is kind of a tough week to be a top running back. Pretty much all the top tier RB1s have tough matchups this week. The one that doesn't is Tony Pollard. And yes, I'm including him in that category, even though he's been kind of miserable and fancy so far this season. Look, it is now or never time with Tony Pollard. He is still getting regularly used. He's seeing a high snap percentage. He's seeing a high opportunity share. He just hasn't really had any kind of explosive games, really explosive plays like he had last year. For whatever reason, this Dallas offense is using him like he's Ezekiel Elliott and not Tony Pollard. And that continued last week. And 
I just think that this is the week where he can get back on track. The Giants are a bottom 10 team against running backs. This is a game that Dallas should win easily and should be able to play from ahead most of the game, which is what we like for running backs. And if you look back at his game log, his season high in fantasy points actually occurred against these Giants way back in week one with 22.7 fantasy points. And that was a game where Dallas scored twice, um, once on defense and once on special teams. And so if Dallas doesn't get the defensive and special teams touchdowns, maybe Tony Power gets one more those touchdowns and can be in for a really big day against this very porous Giants defense. Josh Jacobs is second on the buy list. And if you had drafted him in season-long fantasy, he had been kind of disappointing up until last week, but last week was a great week. He had a season high in carries and his second highest fantasy performance on the season last week. And what I do like to see is that he's getting clear splits now with the Raiders difference in starting quarterbacks. Like right, like uh, Brian Hoyer was not good for Josh Jacobs. Jimmy G was just kind of average for Josh Jacobs. But Aiden O'Connell has been really good for Josh Jacobs for whatever reason. Josh Jacobs' two best games this season were the two starts that Aiden O'Connell had at quarterback. So I definitely think that whatever the Raiders are doing, they're using Josh Jacobs to kind of I don't want to say mask, but they're using Josh Jacobs to supplement what Aiden O'Connell does very well. Um, and so you're looking at a situation where he might could be just expected more fantasy points the rest of the season as long as the rookie is taking the snaps under center. And the Jets are also a team that you can target running back as against. They force a bottom five pass rate over expectation, meaning they are a run funnel. They are really hard to throw against. And so let's go ahead and target one of the running backs against them, Josh Jacobs. Aaron Jones is next up, and to me, he's more of a regression play. Like, I just think strategically he has to keep playing more snaps for this Packers team. A.J. Dillon has not looked good. He's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. Christian Watson in their receiving court is banged up. Might uh, I think he's going to play, but he's been limited. And so you kind of look at the weapons that this Packers offense has, and it's looking like Aaron Jones is significantly the most talented one left. And so this could be, you know, a situation where he just kind of enters that void, takes a lot of this offense on his shoulders, and, and is up for a good week. Last week, he had 24 touches, and it wasn't as like, great fantasy performance. It wasn't a bad fantasy performance either, but when you look at expected fantasy points, what he should have relative to his amount of touches and where they were at on the field, he was expected to have 20.7 fantasy points. And so I am buying into that. I'm buying into Aaron Jones seeing some regression this week. And we know that he's a guy that has a high ceiling because in the last three years, he has had multiple 40 plus fantasy point games. I think he's a guy that is a very solid value play in DFS and you can start him with confidence in your season long leagues. Now, if you are desperate, there are two backs I think you can turn to, first of which is Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears. He's coming off IR this week and looking to start against the Carolina Panthers, and the Panthers continue to be one of the league's biggest run funnels. They give up a significant portion of their yardage on the ground, and they... Um, give up a massive rush rate over expectations. So Khalil Herbert, um, sneaky play coming off of IR. He's very cheap on DraftKings this week if you're playing Showdown or um, the full week-long contests. Jerome Ford is the Cleveland back that I want because of all the receiving work he's been getting. He has been out on the field when the Browns have been in passing situations, which is weird because that's what we normally think of when we think of Kareem Hunt, right? But it's actually been Jerome Ford getting those snaps. Jerome Ford is also a guy who has better splits with Deshaun Watson as the starting quarterback. And it looks like Deshaun Watson is going to be the starting quarterback again. So while Baltimore is not a great matchup, if Jerome Ford continues to see a big time snap share, continues to get targeted in the passing game with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, He's a guy that I definitely think you can turn to as a spot starter this week, and I think that he's the guy you want going forward in this Cleveland backfield. 
Now for the sell list. The first running back on the sell list is going to be Gus Edwards of the Baltimore Ravens. He has been the most touchdown-dependent back in the league. In the last three games, he's totaled 68 fantasy points, which is an average of about 23 fantasy points per game, which sounds really good, right? But the problem is, is only 32 of those fantasy points were before touchdowns. So of his 23 points per game that he's averaging, about 10 of them per game uh, are what he's averaging without touchdowns. So he's averaging pretty much 13 fantasy points per game off of touchdowns, which is just a staggering stat. And good luck getting those touchdowns against the Browns. This is the league's best defense. Um, I don't think they're going to surrender a whole lot of scores. I think if Edwards were to have a great game, it would look something like 15 carries for 52 yards and, and two touchdowns. And I think that's the ceiling this week for Gus Edwards. He, he's not used in the passing game. Keaton Mitchell looked great last week. I think Keaton Mitchell, as the season goes on, is going to eat into Gus Edwards' snap share. So I'm just not buying a touchdown-dependent player going up against the defense that doesn't surrender a lot of touchdowns. And then also, I'm putting B. John Robinson on the sell list this week. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping this is a reverse jinx because I was like one of the highest people on B. John Robinson in the preseason and in the early part of the season. And I think that he is still a generational talent at the running back position. What the problem is, though, is that Arthur Smith apparently doesn't think he's a generational talent at the running back position. Arthur Smith continues to give snaps and carries to Tower Algier in the red zone and you know, with goal to go situations, he continues to throw to Johnu Smith and give Johnu Smith direct snaps and jet sweeps and screens in the red zone and goal to go situations. I don't know what Arthur Smith is thinking um, because anybody with eyes can see that B. John Robinson is a generational talent running back. He's like a combination of Adrian Peterson and Thurman Thomas, and he, he can do it all in the running back position. And I just don't get why Arthur Smith doesn't see that. I don't get why Arthur Smith continues to not give his best player more touches. And so I'm putting B. John Robinson here, hoping to reverse jinx that and hoping that Arthur Smith can come to his senses uh, and start giving Bijan the football and, um, you know, have Bijan have a successful day because it is a great matchup against Arizona this week, but I don't care about the matchup if he's not going to be the guy on the field getting touches. So Bijan Robinson is on the sell list, but again, I'm hoping it's more of a reverse jinx because I want this guy to succeed. All right, that does it for the running back positions. Let's go ahead and switch it on over and talk about the pass catchers. All right, at the wide receiver position, we've already gone over how I do like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Brandon Ayuk this week, so I'm not going to really go in detail about them, but I do want to talk about DK Metcalf. Wide receiver ones have torched Washington all season long. There have been five 20-plus fantasy point performances by wide receiver ones against Washington this season, and I'm hoping that DK Metcalf can make it six. In a game environment, this should be pretty good because there should be a lot of total plays run in this game. If you're not banking on DK Metcalf playing well, then just transition on over to Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett it's actually been the better play in the last three weeks. Um, so maybe it's Tyler Lockett that has the big game, but I'm definitely buying all these Seahawks wide receivers this week taking on Washington. DJ Moore is next on the buy list. So not only does DJ Moore get a revenge game against the Carolina Panthers, but DJ Moore is Mr. Thursday night. In Thursday night games in his career, dating back to when he was a Carolina Panther, he averages 91 yards per game, averages 17.9 fantasy points per game. And in Tyson Bajant starts, he actually hasn't been that bad. He's averaged about seven targets per game in games that Tyson Bajant has start, which is second on the team. But I like the fact that you're getting a revenge game for a guy that for whatever reason seems to kill it whenever he's playing under the Thursday night lights. So DJ Moore is the second wide receiver on my buy list this week. Deontay Johnson is third on the buy list. And look, I know Kenny Pickett was on the sell list, right? But Kenny Pickett needs 250 to 300 yards to hit value. Deontay Johnson doesn't. 
So Deontay Johnson, since his return from IR, has been really, really good. And I think he's really underpriced in DFS formats for what he's done since his return from IR. Since his return from IR, he's played three games and he's at at least 75 yards in all three of those games. And he's averaging about 10 targets per game in those three games, which is leading to about 17 fancy points per game. He finally got in the end zone for the first time in almost two calendar years last week. So Deontay Johnson is a guy that I am going to buy uh, until he gets priced up in DFS or in season-long fantasy leagues, I think he makes for a really intriguing trade target before your team's trade deadline. If you are desperate, I think you can go to Noah Brown again. Uh, As long as Robert Woods is out, Noah Brown is going to be a full-time player in this Texans offense, and he's been a productive player when he's been a full-time player. He may not break off a 75-yard touchdown again like he did last week, but he's had six targets in each of the last two games where he has been a starter. And so I'm willing to bank on Noah Brown continuing that role, continuing to be the third wide receiver in this Texans offense if Robert Woods continues to miss. Now, on the sell list is going to be Devontae Adams, who has been kind of miserable lately. He has 45 total yards in his last two games, and he's going to be going up against the Jets and Sauce Gardner this week. The Jets are the toughest matchup to wide receivers in the NFL. And so it's really hard to trust Devontae Adams this week when he's got a rookie quarterback throwing to him against one of the league's best secondaries when he hasn't had a lot of success recently. So Deontay, or Devontae Adams, he's a guy I have in some season-long leagues, and I'm kind of forced into starting him because I don't really have a whole lot of better options. But he's a guy that I would avoid this week if you can. Definitely not playing him in DFS and, and trying to get him on the bench in season-long if you have better options. Amari Cooper is second on the sell list, and look, Amari Cooper's home road splits are a real thing. In his time with the Browns and even with the Cowboys, he's been a much better fantasy player at home than on the road, averaging about five fantasy points more per game, which is staggering. And now he's on the road against the Baltimore Ravens, who are one of the league's best defenses. And add that to the fact that he didn't do well against them earlier in the season. This is a repeat matchup already. And earlier in the season, he only had one catch against Baltimore, 2.6 fantasy points. So I am just... I I can't get behind that at all. If if he's better at home than on the road and he only had one catch on him at home, then what's he going to do on the road? I mean, for it to get worse, it'd have to be zero, right? So I just don't really see Amari Cooper having a big game. He's going to have to show me that he can play well on the road before I'm willing to roll him out with confidence on the road. I actually think this is a pretty good week at the tight end position. I know Travis Kelsey is on a bye, but a lot of the league's best tight ends, a lot of the ones that you're relying on starting in season-long fantasy leagues, have pretty solid matchups this week, so I think there's a lot of them that you can go to. First of which, TJ Hawkinson's going to be on the bye list. Look, if you were worried about Josh Dobbs being the Vikings starting quarterback for the rest of the season, don't. At least when it comes to TJ Hawkinson, don't worry about that. When he was in Arizona, Josh Dobbs was targeting tight ends at the highest rate in the league earlier this season. Whether it was Trey McBride or Zach Ertz, Josh Dobbs was throwing to tight ends early and often, and I think he's going to continue to do that in Minnesota now that he has one of the league's best tight ends in TJ Hawkinson. Sam Laporta is another guy that's on the buy list. There's going to be another rookie tight end on the buy list a little bit later, but Sam Laporta is the first one. He's averaging nine targets over his last three games. We've talked about how great this game environment is between Detroit and the Chargers, and also Sam Laporta is going to be getting the bye week bump. Rookies generally in their rookie season tend to perform well after their bye week because for whatever reason, maybe it's the rest factor, maybe it's the playbook factor, whatever it is, rookies tend to do well after their bye week. Well, the Lions had theirs last week, and so I'm hoping that Sam Laporta gets the bye week bump and is able to be a really solid performer for the second half of the season. I think he's a borderline top five for the rest of the season. I really do. Um, I, I worded that poorly. I think he's a borderline top five tight end the rest of the season. It's early in the morning and I have a newborn, y'all, so sorry for 
stumbling over that sentence. San Laporta, top five tight end for the rest of the season in my book, and I think it starts this week with a great matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. The second rookie tight end that I have is Dalton Kincaid, who's averaging nine targets per game over his last three games. He is a full-time player now. He's playing pretty much every snap in this Buffalo offense, which is giving him more opportunities to score fancy points, and he is having a big role in this offense. And, and I definitely think that's going to only continue to grow as the season continues. So Dalton Kincaid is going to be on the buy list for me this week. And then lastly, you got Cole Komet, who's got 18 targets in his last two games, which actually leads the Bears, which is notable because those are the two games that Tyson Bajant started. So um, I definitely think Cole Komet is a guy that you can turn to and, and start with confidence this week on the Thursday night game going up against the Carolina Panthers. All right, that does it for week 10 of the NFL season, buy or sell. Uh, got this episode out to you guys a little bit early because I'm actually going to be heading to the beach um, for a long weekend. So I don't know if there will be any content coming out this weekend, but if you subscribe to the auto feed, subscribe to the YouTube channel, you will be notified whenever any new content drops for golf, college football, college basketball, and NFL. We cover it all. Well, almost at all here on Mike's Money Picks. And we've got a lot of content coming your way the rest of the fall. So make sure you're subscribed and that way you can listen to or watch all of those new episodes as they release. All right. Hopefully I was able to give you guys some good information that will help you win in your season long fantasy leagues, win money in DFS and kill it in the player prop market this week. Um, best of luck to you, no matter what game you're playing this week. Thank you guys for watching and listening and I will see you next week.